The song is called Reggae Strong. And the guy is Lucky Dubé, and he's here with us in the studio. How you doing, Lucky? Hey, cool, Jason. Hey, is this your first time in Boston? No, not really. It's actually my third time. Third yeah, time. if I remember well, because I was here 89, and last year, and this time. And you, and you like the city. It's okay. It suits you. I, I like it, yeah. Every time I get here, I mean, I feel very good about the people here. It's just perfect. It's, it's a great place. So why don't you tell me something about where you come from? Because I've never been there. I've been here all my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming from South Africa, um, Johannesburg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're one of the few reggae artists, too, to actually break out. And you're not from Jamaica. You're from South Africa. Yeah. And yeah. what is there some sort of difference that you could explain in the music, in the reggae music from South Africa as opposed to a Jamaica or? Yeah. Well, in, in my kind of reggae, if you listen carefully, you can get some uh, Mbakanga feel in it. Mbakanga is the uh, uh, traditional Zulu soul kind of stuff you know the wailing synthesizers that you hear there and the beat of course is actually like bakanga music the african beat you have your own band that you bring along yeah i have a 13 piece band 13 piece 13 uh, (laughs) that's quite a small stage you'll all be stuffed on well we 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 try every time because we get uh sometimes we get very small ones you know but um we try by all means to get the band going on stage, you know. And you move plenty. Yeah, of, I'm sure well, there'll be plenty of room to move around. <laughs> Channel stage is good size. Yeah, yeah, it's but, good. I've, yeah, the past years I've been there. It's been quite good. I suppose you have a horn section. Yeah, yeah. It's three guys. And synth players. Two keyboard players, three female uh, vocalists, and bass guitar, lead guitar, drums, percussion, and all that. And you guys all travel together all over the place. Every time. Excellent. Yeah. That will just like to say everybody could come on out. And, uh, and so, but tonight we, we with uh, Joe Higgs. Uh, so we did a few shows with Joe Higgs, you know, the past week. Where, um, where, so else, did you, uh, where else did you play? Oh, a lot of places. I can't even remember oh. those places by Sounds heart, you know, because we're doing one place after another, and there's just so many I can't remember. That must be a great feeling, though, touring all over the place. And uh, Yeah, it, it's nice sometimes because you get to, to see uh, a lot of things, you know, things that you heard about in South Africa, things that you thought you, you, you won't see, and sometimes you get to um, know the truth about, say, America or about any other place in the world. And you get to spread your music around, too, yeah, at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we'll be, after America, say in August, we'll be doing Japan. And how do they, how do they like it over there? Is there a good response? Well, it? yeah, we did release uh, Prisoner in Japan, and it's like it's doing very well in Japan. So uh, do you tour much in your own, in your own country? Yeah, South Africa, I tour a lot. You do, when, tour when, you're a lot. Not on, when you're not on a world tour, you play yeah. all over? Yeah, all over South Africa. And is it like playing, you play for a lot of friends, you feel like you're playing for your friends there? Not really, because yeah. you're getting to different parts of, of, of uh, South Africa. But um, the best thing about it is you are like, I'm like going to, to people who know about my music, people who have seen me on stage uh, maybe a lot of times. And it's like I say, putting up a show 
to 40,000 up to 100,000 people, you know. Well, I don't think you're going to find that many people stuffed into the channel, hopefully not fire (laughs) code. But um, people around here certainly know your music. Yeah, the the, the past years we were here, really it was very nice. I really enjoyed myself here. I'm glad you like this country. I mean, I'm glad you like this state, this city. Yeah, man. I think right now it's just that we got to go do sound check and getting ready for the show. And, you know, we'd like everybody to come on out. Yeah, so it's down at the channel tonight. If you don't know where it is, you can give us a call. We can give you directions. Thank you very much for coming down, taking the time out to come on down here. <laughs> so we'll play the next track, the, the title track off the Slave LP from 1989. Yeah, man. And we got this one. When was it? February of 89, a while ago. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Well, that's how, how long reggae, you that's how reggae music is. Timeless. You can take uh, Bob's music, his very first, and, and play it. You know, it's just there every Your time. Your favorite Peter Tosh, right? Oh, the great guy. Okay, we'll get to this track right now. This one's called Slave. Thank you very much, Lucky. Thank you, Thank Jason. You. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have Lucky Dubé on WERS today and uh, coming into town next Wednesday to play at the Roxy with Ross Michael and the Itals and, and a local band. It's at 279 Tremont Street. So tell me where you're from. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm from, I'm from South Africa. I was born in a small town southeast of um, Johannesburg, a town called Ermelo. That's where I was born, and um, I still live in South Africa. And how is the response to your music when you return to South Africa and perform? Well, the, the music has always been great in South Africa. I mean... Um, it grows bigger and bigger, I mean, all the time. It has, but it has always been very well accepted in South Africa. Is it really surprising to you that your music is popular now all over the entire globe? Well, yes, in a way it is, but I kind of expected that because that's what I have been praying for and working very hard for over the past um, years, actually from the time when I started that's really what I have been working for, um, just, you know, to get my music known all over the world. And is there one thing that you attribute uh, your fame to, uh, your, you know, your touring or your albums or your just persistence in the music business? Well, I won't know exactly, um, but I can just say maybe it's... Um, the fact that the things that I sing about are things that people relate to. These are things that happen to people every day, you know, so people relate easily to the things I sing about because I don't sing about anything imaginary. Everything that I sing about is something that I have experienced or people around me have experienced. So I think people relate easily to those things because it happens in their day-to-day lives. Now, your music contains a lot of uh, political statements and political innuendos. Have you ever had any positive or negative effects from your music being politically motivated? Well, I don't think of my music as being um, political, but I think of my music as being truth. Because, like I said, I, I sing about things that have happened to me and to people around me. I just think of my music as just plain truth, not politics. Because talking about politics, politics includes lying and cheating 
and 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 the whole thing. So, but my music is not that. My music is about truth. Are you personally involved in politics in your home, South Africa? Not really. Not at all. Do you, you follow it at all? Well, some of it, yes. But I mean, I I know it's all like a game. It's just a matter of um, who's who in the zoo. You know, that's what politicians do. Uh, it's no big deal because I know it's just lying and cheating on the people. Now, I just want to ask you about one song from your House of Exile CD, uh, which was Mickey Mouse Freedom. Well, I've been to some countries, like in um, southern Africa, the Iraq, some other neighboring uh, countries, states that are said to be free. And each time we go there, the people out there kind of look at us from South Africa as um, stupid people or helpless people because they think that their countries are free. But we know for a fact that there is nothing like a free country. All of them are being remote controlled by the very same uh, South African government. There is nothing that these countries can do without consulting um, the South African government, which they say is a um, stupid government, but they don't know that these countries are still controlled by the South African government. That so, is why I called it a Mickey Mouse freedom. So these people are really being hypocrites, in other words. They're not saying that they're involved, but they uh, are indirectly involved in all this madness and badness that's going on. Well, they, they were told that it's a free country, and that's what they know. But we know it's not true. Do you think in your eyes the country will ever be a free country or the world as a whole will ever be completely free? It depends on what um, freedom you want because there's all sorts of kinds of freedoms, you know, but... Um, the, I don't think it is the government, any government in the world that can set the people free. It's the people themselves that can set themselves free. So you've been now compared to Peter Tosh and as the South African Peter Tosh. And tell me about, I know you probably think that's pretty funny. I mean, I know you have your own musical style, but have you picked up? a lot of influence from Peter Tosh? Yes, um, Tosh is really the one person that got me into reggae. I loved everything about Peter Tosh from the way he arranges his music to like his way of singing and everything about Tosh really is, is the one that got me into reggae. Now tell me about this new album that's out. Yeah. Well, I, I started recording this album uh, sometime in December last year, but I finished uh, recording it sometime in uh, um, March this year, and it was released in South Africa on the 17th. Well, it's got 10 uh, new tracks on it, with uh, Victims being uh, the, the title track. 
Yes, and Victims. Uh, where did you devise that title from? Well, it started um, when there was, like, these problems going on back home, politicians fighting amongst themselves, politicians delaying the negotiations, and uh, this one saying, no, if that one is in the uh, negotiation thing, I'm not going there, and just playing games with each other, and... Um, trying to see who's got the power, who is this and this. And, of course, with us, the people being the victims of all this um, nonsense that, that was going on. So do the politicians actually, do they hear your album and do they hear what you're saying? Are you a spokesman for your people? They do hear it, yes. They do hear it, but... Since they are politicians, politicians don't really care about the well-being of the people. All they care about is power. It's about money. As long as um, the guy is out there and he's like the big one, he doesn't care about the people. All he, all he cares about is him, his money, and his power and the whole thing but they don't really care about people. There's no, there's no political party that I, I side with at the moment. So you're just concentrating on the music. Yeah. So tell me about your live show. I know last time you were around here, you had a, a large band, lots of players. Mm. So what, how many pieces are you carrying with you now? Well, it, it was uh, 13 at that time when I came, and this time it's down to 12 because... One of our female singers um, got pregnant last year, and uh, you know she's still raising the baby. She's not touring that. yet. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, do you bring families? I mean, if she, once she has her baby and has a family, would you still allow her to tour with a family? Uh, not really. It would be <laughs> very difficult. difficult. I mean, because uh, sometimes we we have really hard times on the road. I mean, maybe we don't sleep good, we don't eat good, and um, it's just difficult to be on the road with family, and it's expensive to bring people out from South Africa to here who are just, um, like, on vacation. So everybody that I bring on tour here is somebody that um, has to work, not somebody that's on vacation. Are you living in South Africa now when you're not on tour? Yeah. And how long have you been out and about and not had before since you've been home? Um, earlier this year, I did a, um, a tour. To, I think it was about a 10-day tour in the Caribbean. And this is like our second uh, outing this year. So you do you get homesick? Well, <laughs> yeah, we have like, well, about a month and a half now to go. And then we'll be home. Yes, I do get homesick um, sometimes, especially on the day off. And when I'm doing nothing, that's just when I think about home. But when I'm working, I never think about home. I just think about the job that I got to do and um, everything, but not about home. And did you record victims in South Africa? Yeah, <coughs> South Africa, yeah. And you do most of your recording there so you can centralize yourself and be at home. Yeah, I do all of it uh, because 
I mean, I like the sound. Um, I like the sound down there, and uh, the, uh, the the people, the people I work with um, down there now. I mean, they understand my music. We've been together for a long time. They understand what my music is all about and what I'm all about, and so it makes it makes it easier for me to to work and you know be happy all the time. Have you ever considered going to Jamaica and recording maybe at Studio One where the Whalers recorded or where Peter Tosh had recorded and trying to get that old vintage sound, maybe? No, not really, no. Because I don't want to sound like um, any, I mean, Jamaican reggae band or American reggae band or whatever. I, I have my own sound. I have my own sound and my own style of doing what I'm doing, you know, so I never really thought about it. So you wouldn't even categorize your music as reggae? It's sort of uh, in a more world beat vein? It is reggae, but it is um, in my own way, my own style of, of, of playing it. So have you worked with any other, any other reggae acts? Have you ever done uh, duets or collaborations with any? Or are, are there any that you're, you know, just friendly with? Well, yes, I have um, done some shows, actually, but no recording at all with other reggae bands. But I have done some shows um, with um, Jimmy Cliff, and I've done some shows with Burning Spear. Like on this tour, we have already done about uh, five shows with Burning Spear. I think there's still one or two more shows to do. And I've done some things uh, with, uh, done shows with Muta, and quite a few guys, quite a few guys, really. How long do you normally play for? Well, our normal show is like two hours, but uh, in some places we have to like cut, you know, cut it down to like maybe an hour, an hour, 15 minutes or something, but our normal show is two hours. In cities like Boston, where they make you shut down at one thirty or 2 o'clock. Yeah. It's not like that in the other countries, is it? They just play all night. Yeah, well, like in, in, in South Africa, we just, I mean, we just go on. Who tells you when the show is over? When, when you're tired, when you're too tired to play? No, that is when we have, I mean, played everything that we wanted to play that night. Because some shows, I remember some... Some shows would go up to two and a half, three hours. So have you ever played, have you played down in Jamaica? I know you said you did a tour of the Caribbean. Have you played down in Jamaica, actually? Yeah, I, I played in Jamaica on the Sunsplash uh, 91. And I did uh, the Sunsplash, the, the touring, the American Sunsplash on the, uh, last year. And uh, the Jamaican one. And they must really react to your music because it's got such an international sound. Yes, yeah. They, they, they loved it. They loved it. See, my last question is, what is the largest audience that you recall playing in front of? Uh, and it was uh, 120,000 people. And to be up in front of 120,000 people. Yeah. I'm sure they were screaming, too. <laughs> what was that like? It was in uh, Malawi. Malawi, that is... Uh, um, north uh, of Africa, I think, yeah. And it just must have been, uh, it must have given you butterflies in your stomach. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, I, I really liked the show, and I really liked the way 
the people behaved there. They were so very well uh, behaved because, you know, the people out there were like waiting for this show for a long time. And eventually when we got there, they were like, all of them come into the show and they were so very well behaved. And really, I just loved that show. Well, you know, we might not have been waiting for Lucky Dubay as long as the people uh, up there in Northern Africa have, but we've been waiting for you for a long time, so I'm sure the crowd is going to be uh, crazy. I don't know if they're going to be well-behaved, Lucky. I hope we could keep them under control, because it's <laughs> going to be a wild show. Uh, Ross Michael hasn't been around here in, in years. Mm -hmm. uh, over 10 years he hasn't been around. Wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a serious packed house. I hope you prepare. Well... I am prepared. You're prepared now? Yeah, man. What do you do to get ready for your show? Well, I just um, try to make sure that I don't have a problem, uh, maybe say 24 hours before stage time, because if I have any problem whatsoever, I cannot concentrate on stage. I sometimes forget uh, the words. I sometimes forget you know, everything on stage when I have a problem. So I really make sure that there's nothing that gets in my way before the show and things like that. And I just be happy. Well, know? I promise there'll only be good vibes before the show here in Boston. <laughs> so thanks for talking to me, Lucky. Yeah, man. So thank you very much. Okay, thanks Peace. a lot.